0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today.
1: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move, or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat.
3: And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter
4: Greenberg.
0: Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week we come to you from Santa Rosa, California, right here in Sonoma County. Of course, the last time we talked about Santa Rosa, it wasn't good news at all. Devastating fires in the region, so much damage, and yet this city has has staged a remarkable comeback. It's still coming back. Many of you also know Santa Rosa because of all of their wineries, Sonoma County for that matter as well, and remarkably, very, very few wineries were hit. That's also good news for you who are coming back. My next guest knows a lot about this county because he lives here. He's the mayor of Santa Rosa, the Honorable Chris Kersey. How are you, sir?
5: Great. Nice to be here, Peter.
0: Yeah, you know, we were going to come here about a year ago to do the show, and and uh, we got interrupted the way you got interrupted by we the fire. We sure did, yeah. Um, that, and, and, as, and as a fireman myself, I can tell you nothing is more scary to me, not just than a fire, but a fire that moves with the rapidity that that fire moved.
5: It was a, a crazy night. Uh, the fire was blowing sideways across uh, 12, 15 miles of, of terrain in about three hours. Incredible. I know.
0: And it didn't change the fabric of the community in terms of your your attitude, but it did change the topography a little bit.
5: We lost uh, close to three, well, a little over 3,000 homes in Santa Rosa, more than 5,000 in in the county, most of them just right outside the city limits.
0: What's the population Uh, of Santa Rosa? It's about
5: 180,000. You lose 3,000 homes, considering how many people living in each particular house. Right. That's a huge chunk. About 5% of our housing stock. Wow. And we had a housing shortage before that.
0: So big challenge for you as the mayor.
5: Absolutely, um, it's uh, it's been my life for the last ten months. Uh, we're we're still working on it.
0: Uh, by the way, I'm talking to a former journalist. I, I should tell you.
5: Yes, I was a newspaper man for thirty years.
0: Let's hear it for the newspapers that have still survived. Right.
5: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, what are your biggest biggest challenges now moving forward here? Because it's one thing to suffer that kind of a loss in such a short period of time; it's another thing to be able to plan for the future given that loss.
5: Right. Our main main goal was to help the victims of that fire get get their homes back, rebuild right. their homes. Um, we've got about a thousand. Permits out of those three thousand that are uh, that are in process right now, some of those homes are built. It's uh, it's been my pleasure to to be there and hand the keys to people um, moving back into their homes after the fire. You so, know,
0: when you when you think about you know these natural disasters, going back to Hurricane Katrina for example, you know, there are so many people who like left New Orleans and didn't come back. Mm-hmm. What happened here?
5: The same thing. Some people have left. Um, we don't. We don't know exactly how many uh, will be back once the, once we get through the recovery, but certainly people have left. Our our schools have uh, lost about three percent of of their enrollment in the past year. So um, people have needed to find a place to live, and they couldn't all find a place to live here, or they just chose to to head somewhere else uh, for greener pastures. And I guess. there
0: goes some of your tax base.
5: Absolutely. The property tax base has taken a huge hit. You know, we've had huge expenses on the city side to, to get through. We've got a budget problem because of it.
0: And yet the good news, I mean there always is some good news out of this, most of the wineries were not destroyed. Your economic base in terms of the reason why people would want to come to Santa Rosa as as tourists is still strong.
5: Absolutely, and tourism is really important to Santa Rosa. Uh, all the reasons why anyone would want to visit Santa Rosa are still here. Um, we lost we lost one significant winery in, in Santa Rosa in the fire, but we have hundreds of wineries here. We have beautiful scenery and terrain, uh, many great reasons to visit.
0: Speaking of terrain, I know you're a biker. Yes. Uh, you've got, a, what, how many hundred miles? About 100 miles of, or, or 200 miles, actually, of, of accessible bike paths.
5: We have... Um, Great bike riding, both uh, on the road, on off-road paved pathways, and mountain biking here. Um, uh, this part of the country is is where mountain biking was invented. invented. Uh, we have a 5,000-acre park right on the edge of town that's uh, Annandale-Trione State Park. It's a great mountain biking place. Are you a mountain biker? Not as much as a road <laughs> biker because uh, my bones don't heal as quickly as they used to. So basically, you've had a few falls. <laughs> a few,
0: yes. But the other thing I noticed yesterday in, in running around, some of your bike paths actually parallel the Smart Train.
5: Yes, and the Smart Train is also a new feature. And uh, one of the jobs I've had in my career was working for the Smart Train before it, it existed. It's only been running for about a year, but it connects Santa Rosa with the the Greater Bay Area down through Marin County. Yeah, and, all way to San Rafael, right? down San Rafael. Um, Within about a year, it will connect with the ferry just south of San Rafael that that connects to downtown San Francisco. So it's a great way to get around the North Bay. Plus,
0: you have one of the cuter airports.
5: (laughs) Yeah, the Charles Schultz uh, Airport, which um, has daily flights from LA, uh, Seattle, Portland, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Denver next year. So um, it's, a, it's a really convenient way to travel to and from Santa Rosa. What's the biggest lesson you learned from the fire? Oh, boy. Um, I'll tell you, it's, it, I've learned so much about disasters. I, I tell people I'm earning my master's in disasters. Um, it, what I learned is how resilient people are, how uh, people can go from losing everything that they've ever owned in almost an instant to turning around and wanting to take care of their neighbors and not worrying about themselves. Uh, the generosity of this community has been tremendous over the past year.
0: And what lessons have you applied?
5: <laughs> well, it's hard to even, even start to answer that question. Applying the, the lessons has been Um, being better prepared uh, for the next fire because, as we know, that fires are getting bigger, more frequent, um, and more destructive in California. So we're a lot better prepared now than we were a year ago to deal with something like that.
0: Now, I know that if you take a look at the the varietals of wine that are here, the two biggies are what, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir?
5: I would imagine that those are the... the, um, uh, provide the most income for our wineries, yes. <laughs> and
0: but for someone listening to the show who's not been here before, uh what's the biggest surprise that awaits them when they get here that they're not expecting? Beer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, didn't take you long to say that. <laughs>
5: Honestly, uh you know as as well-known as this region is for wine, its reputation for beer is, is equal to the quality of wine that we produce.
0: Yeah, a little bit later it, in the show, we're gonna be talking to the owner of the Russian River uh, Brewery. There you go. I mean, And they're one of the, they're one of the hot spots.
5: Right, they are. Um, every year they put out one particular beer, Pliny the Younger, and it's only available for two weeks. People come from literally around the world to stand in line in front of that brewery for hours in the morning before it opens. And uh, just to taste that beer that's only available those two weeks in February. Uh, Mr. Mayor, are you one of those people online? I've done it once. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to stand in line for beer all that often, but Was it's that your a, campaign slogan? It's an experience. Will not stand in line for beer. <laughs> I just want to make sure we got this right. Actually, if I can get that on a button, maybe that would be a good slogan. <laughs> a collectible. <laughs> a true yeah, collectible. Exactly. But you've done it once. Yes. Was it worth it? Well, I got a column out of it, so this was when I was still writing a column for the local news. Oh, so basically
0: you you were writing the column to get the beer. I was working. (laughs) Sure you were. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor Mayor Chris Garcia, the mayor of Santa Rosa, Former journalist, but never one to uh, to ignore the opportunity to get a beer.
5: That's absolutely correct.
0: But not while biking? No.
5: No, you can't ride a bike and drink beer at some time. I've
6: yeah. been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston... Texas,
0: 425 California, wineries alone California, California, in Sonoma County, and that number is growing. But if you're a local here, you know that you just have to make a little bit of a left turn out of the wine culture and right into the craft beer culture to find out that that's exploding. And joining me now, the uh, the co-owner of the Russian River Brewing Company, Natalie Treluzzo. How are you?
3: Good. Thank you very much for having me today. Yeah.
0: I mean, you heard my intro. I mean, beer is like exploding
3: here. Yeah, uh, craft beer is exploding all over the country. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a wonderful phenomenon. My husband and I have been in the industry since 1994.
0: And what did you know about the beer business before that? Um, nothing. Thank absolutely.
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a lot to know about it back then. Uh, it was uh, a very uh, brand new industry, if you will. And uh, I mean, Sierra Nevada opened in 1980 and not a lot happened um, until really the mid-1990s. And now it's just exploding.
0: So, how did you get into this?
3: My husband was a home brewer, um, so it's it's really that's it's a pretty typical story. So, uh, that's how you met him. Well, I met him because his. That's his, a great
0: pickup line. Well, I'm a um, I'm a home, home brewer. brewer. Yeah.
3: Um, his his uh, family owned a winery down the street from the winery that I worked at, and so, so I, see, it started with the winery. <laughs> it here started now. with wine, exactly. So I used to get off work and I'd go over to his parents' winery, and we would home brew and. And uh, and then uh, and then it, it was love. And then it was, of course, it was of love course. at first sight. Yeah. yeah, so love over beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: wins, beer or love?
3: Uh, equal. <laughs> A nice politically correct answer,
0: but I mean, you had to figure out first of all how to make it. Mm-hmm. Second of all, how to make it sustainable, mm-hmm. right? And three, how to market it because everybody and their mother these days will tell you they're they're an artisanal beer person.
3: Yeah, there's uh, thousands of breweries in the United States. Uh, In Sonoma County alone, I think we have about 25 uh, craft breweries. Um, California leads the charge. We have the most breweries in any other state. Um, I think we have close to 1,000 breweries just in the state of California, although we are a largely populated state. um, Yeah, but we're
0: talking limited production, though.
3: Very limited production, but there are some very large breweries as well, like Lagunitas, who is also here in Sonoma County. They make um, uh, more more than a million barrels a year, one barrel being 31 gallons of beer. Okay,
0: so let's let's put this in comparison terms, how many are you doing?
3: We make about 17,000 barrels a year, so we're really not that big in the grand scheme of things.
0: (laughs) So we could start the song with 70,000 barrels of beer on the wall. Yeah, right. (laughs) I just want be a longer song.
3: Exactly. (laughs) But what kind of beer? Uh, so we special C- are the, ho-
0: the hops aren't from here, are they?
3: No, we actually mostly get most of our hops from the Pacific Northwest, so Washington, particularly this area, area of Yakima, um, and also the Willamette Valley in Oregon. So about 95% of our hops come from the Pacific Northwest. We do get some hops from Europe. We do get some uh, French hops and some German hops as well. Um, and then we there are some very small farms locally that are growing hops. But this region used to be a very ho- large hop-growing region. It was one of the more important regions, um, I think, kind of in the earlier part of this century. So really, hops were kind of the cash crop here until, I think, prunes and then maybe grapes um, took over. But and then- by the way,
0: let's discuss prunes for a second. I love the name of your minor league ball club. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> holy moly. The prune packers?
3: I have no comment. <laughs>
0: you know, it's one thing to say, I'm a home brewer. It's another thing to say, I'm a prune packer.
3: <laughs> well, it's fun. <laughs> and with enough beer, yeah. the game
0: becomes interesting. Yeah. yeah. But bottom line is, you're only doing 17,000 barrels, mm-hmm. right? What kind of beer?
3: So we specialize in hoppy beers. So we make uh, one beer called Pliny the Elder, which is about 60% of our production. It's our flagship beer. It's the beer that we kind of put our name out there got on the beer map with um it's uh, about eight percent alcohol very very hoppy and kind of led the charge in this this big hoppy beer ipa movement um, we've been making it for about 20 years
0: now for my listeners and you talk about seventeen thousand barrels do you ship?
3: We do. We distribute. Uh, most of our beer, about 50 to 60%, is actually sold through our brew pub in downtown Santa Rosa. Um, but we do distribute around California, and we also get some beer up to Oregon, Colorado, and a little bit out to Philadelphia.
0: Okay. Now you have to explain. How did <laughs> Philadelphia get in there?
3: We have a very strange uh, distribution <laughs> model. We've <laughs> Yes, we've, you do. <laughs> we do. It's very odd. So we, we cherry-picked certain accounts that we really wanted to be in. And so when we started distributing, there were only a few really select elite craft beer bars around the country and and in uh, in philadelphia um, there is a a belgian beer cafe called monks and so if you're in the beer industry um, it is an honor to have your beer available at monks and uh, we love we love philadelphia is such a great beer town too
0: but other than going to that restaurant or that bar you're not going to be able to go to the local store in philadelphia and buy the beer
3: uh yeah we do have some uh, some of our beers available in some some, in some stores not widely available but a little bit
1: The charge for looking at this pamphlet is $3. The charge for looking at this pamphlet and putting it back quickly is
7: $4.
0: My next guest is someone who I, I spoke to on this air a couple of years ago when we were up here in Santa Rosa. You know, I always like to have the Fire Chief on the show, no matter where I do the show, because, as I say often and always, who best knows their city than the guy who's been in every hotel, every hospital, every every restaurant, everybody's house, best tour guides in the world, are firefighters. And so it's appropriate that I have, for a number of reasons on the show today, the Fire Chief from Santa Rosa, Anthony Gosner. How are you, sir?
6: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Nice to see you again. Yeah,
6: nice to see you.
0: Now, obviously, since we last spoke... <laughs> You had some pretty pretty
6: busy times last year. Yeah, we yeah we went through the fire uh, in October, so it was uh, the fire, the fire. Yeah. It was, it is the fire. Um, there's bigger fires now in Mendocino Complex, but, but you've never seen something like but this. Nothing. There's been no fire that's that's hit Santa Rosa and the surrounding area like it did last year. So. You were heavily tasked, very, very,
0: because it wasn't just your guys on the ground and your women on the ground. You were coordinating the
6: airdrops and everything else. Well, that was uh, that. That was a few days out. I, the fire came in at one in the morning, and we were busy in Santa Rosa from six at night to midnight. We had twenty vegetation fires, ten structure fires, on top of all the medical aids before the fire even came in. And there was three major fires that started within 30 minutes of each other. And the tubs is the one that came into Santa Rosa. Uh, and it was difficult to, to know exactly where everyone was and what was really going on because everything happened at once, and one dispatch center was trying to deal with all of the fires. Right. So, and and
0: there's, there's such a thing as mutual aid, but even that has limitations.
6: It had limitations that night. We struggled. Uh, we ordered 78 strike teams, which is just under 400 engines by... Twelve thirty at night, and we really didn't see any equipment till three, four in the morning. Uh, because they had to get here, they had to get here. So a lot of strike teams were driving through other fires to get to our fire. So that—that's that. how that is so bizarre. That's how crazy it was that night. It was—it was difficult.
0: And yeah. you know, for those people who you know want to deny global warming, what was the
6: temperature that night? It was warm. It was uh, low 80s, I believe. Humidities were which is
0: very high for
6: this. Very high at night. night. We we very rarely get temperatures like that. You know, we usually cool off 60, 65 degrees. We got the ocean close by, so it comes in. But there's a couple weeks out of the year that we have warm evenings, and uh, that was one of them. Low humidities, high winds. The winds
0: not just a warm evening. That was a hot
6: evening. Yeah, Yeah. it was hot. We had winds. Uh, The winds were supposed to stay elevated, but they came down to the surface, and they were only supposed to be 30 to 40 miles an hour and they were hitting uh 80 to 100 miles an hour time, so. at that. times
0: that, that, that is a true firestorm.
6: yeah it was it was something else
0: so of course it's not just the event itself it's the rebuilding after
6: rebuilding that's uh, you know the fire goes out right and then there is a ton of work uh once that happens and just the debris removal Uh, from the entire, it's not just Santa Rosa, it's the county and Santa Rosa and and other jurisdictions. Uh, Phenomenal job by everyone, took a long time. It was a huge, huge process, but we're still dealing with the aftermath of it uh, today and trying to figure out uh, some of the some sites were over excavated, so we're trying to make sure everyone's made whole and just the rebuild process. Uh, but
0: everywhere you look, there's rebuilding going on.
6: There is. It's it's and, click, clicking and, right along.
0: And the wineries are open.
6: Wineries are open. I think we lost two wineries that night. Everyone thought but you all, think all the wineries. It, yeah, everybody were thought. Gone. And I, I I was on the east coast when this happened. I thought, wow, the entire wine industry is wiped out. Nope, not at all. W- wine industry. They had ninety percent of their grapes picked. So what we did as the fire service was made sure they got to go in there and mix their wine so they didn't lose their their batches. So we we made accommodations. Ladies and gentlemen, the motto of the Santa Rosa (laughs) Fire Department, wine first. Wine first. (laughs) Yeah, there's a you know, when you have an event like that, you have so many competing interests and you're trying to keep people out and make sure things are safe. And that was one of those things that rose up. It's like, all right, we got to get some people in here to make sure they can tend to their business. Otherwise, it'll be worse. And so, they saved it. They did. Yeah, no, they saved it. They, Like I said, 90% was picked. Uh, the 10% that wasn't was not used, clearly. Um, what were the lessons that you not only learned from that fire, but that you've been able to apply? Well, you know, for us, we have never seen fire move that fast. Uh, we, we've been to other fires. We go up and down the state and help. We're usually visiting another area. It's usually Southern California that, that sees fires like this. Right. I will say we had... A fire on the same basic footprint in 1964, it took three to four days to get to us, and it burned for three to four days. When it actually started burning towards us, it was more like 12 to 18 hours, uh, 24 hours to get to us. So we were able to set up and and protect in 1964. This fire took four hours to burn the 12 you miles. No, you had no chance, and it was just a freight train coming, and it it was hard to it was hard to pinpoint when it was going to hit. You know we we upstaffed the entire department early on we called back everyone in the city we opened the eoc just because the fire could make it to the city uh we had no idea it was moving as fast as it did because we had no we had some wind in the area but it wasn't like we experienced when it came when the wind when the fire got here the wind was incredible
0: of course in in the aftermath of the sort of thing you get a chance to review your, your fire codes as well yeah what
6: have you now applied to the new builds. Well, all the most of the homes that were destroyed in the fire were built below before the Wildland Urban Interface Code. So now all the the homes will be built to that new standard. So they'll be hardened for the Wildland Urban Interface. They have sprinklers inside. Um, that's for life safety inside. Sprinklers in the homes. In the homes. This is yeah. something that's new. In California, we've had it since uh, well, the last eight years. So all new homes have sprinklers. You know, when I talk about
0: hotel fire safety... Uh, when you see it all around the world, and you see these devastating fires in hotels, most of the people above the seventh floor don't have a chance. First of all, because most fire departments can't get above the seventh floor. Not second of all, when you get in there, you find out they got grandfathered in. They didn't have sprinklers. Right. Those people were toast, yeah. literally.
6: Especially on the East Coast, right? Older yeah. older than the West Coast. So there's there we have sprinklers in a lot of our hotels. And, and the high-rises, they all have sprinklers. Well, thankfully, you're ahead of the game then. Well, we will learn from you guys. <laughs> I'll, okay okay I'll take credit for that no I won't I won't as a fellow
0: fireman yeah. but that's the problem people don't realize how important sprinklers are
6: yeah they they're very they're designed to save life right and and then allows us to get in there and put the fire keepers small so they' they are important Riding along in my, automobile,
2: my baby
8: beside me at the wheel bruising and playing the radio with no particular place to go.
0: Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. Every time I come up to Santa Rosa by air, I have an adventure because I get to fly to this particular airport, which I happen to think is the cutest little airport in, in California. It's not a hub. It's an airport. Um, But it's Snoopy's Airport, I hate to tell you. Its it's three-letter code is STS, and of course it's the Sonoma County Airport. And joining me now, a graduate of the University of North Dakota, we've never had a graduate of the University of North Dakota on the show, so that's a first, John Stout, who runs the airport. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So let's talk about this airport, because it's one of those airports where, whether you like it or not, you're going to be up close and personal with planes, because you don't have to
7: walk big distances. Our walk from the farthest point in the parking lot to the airplane is shorter than concourses at San Francisco. Oh, it's shorter than the, 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 the coffee shop at San Francisco.
0: What are you <laughs> talking about? I love it. You get to the airport, you literally get out of your car, you walk 20 feet, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, you're in the main terminal, which is the size of a table. Yes. Right? But distinguished, there's a Snoopy in there.
7: There are several Snoopies. <laughs> Explain, please. Um, after Charles Schultz passed away, the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors wanted to recognize his efforts and contributions to the county, and he had a large activity at the airport. His, his son flies for, flew for him, has an aircraft at the airport, and uh, they passed a resolution naming the airport after him. So the actual name of the, it's the Sonoma County Airport, but its other name is the Charles M. Schultz Sonoma County Airport. Right, and of course. The, the Red Baron is there. That's correct. <laughs> so in 2002, I worked with Craig, and we got our official logo with Snoopy in it, and it's the best airport logo in the world. Uh, not every airport has a logo like that.
0: Right. You're an airport that, by design, almost can't get too big. Correct. What's the biggest aircraft you land? 737s. Right. On a, on a tough day.
7: <laughs> uh, they're on a regular basis. We do have Sun Country Airlines now serving right. in Minneapolis, right. and they're operating twice a week.
0: But the airplane I flew in was the Q400 on, on Horizon, yes. right, turboprop, um, and run by Alaska Airlines. Uh, and you're now going to get some service from United Airlines coming in.
7: Yes. In uh, August, we announced that United was going to expand their service. Uh, they were doing San Francisco three times a day. and they're adding... By the way, the
0: San Francisco flight is, what, nine minutes? 17. Okay. <laughs> a, officially the shortest flight in their network.
7: <laughs> Hey, listen, plane lands. That's correct. Okay, but now they're going to go to Denver. Yes. So starting March 8th, they'll be adding one flight a day to Denver. Uh, it will start out with a CRJ-200, which is the 50-seat regional aircraft. Right. And hopefully enough demand uh, materializes before then.
0: Maybe you get to a 737.
7: Maybe. Uh, they're talking about an Embraer 175. Okay, a, we're doing it in tiny steps here. It's a baby 737.
0: Oh, we understand. <laughs> right. It's a, it's, a, it's a baby 737 with no legroom, but that's okay. Hey, bottom line is, you really can't expand too much. That's correct. Right? How many flights a day commercial do you have here?
7: We peak at 15 a day right now. That's it? That's it.
0: Wow. Now, compare that to a major city airport. They're doing, like, what, 30 an hour? More than that. Yeah, depending on how many runways they've got. How many runways do you have?
7: Two. Whoa. Okay. There's hope.
0: (laughs) 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 What's your biggest challenge?
7: Uh, Right now, it's funding. Uh, as you've said, our, our terminal and facilities are about the size of a tabletop, and uh, we have had record growth in the last couple of years. Uh, we've hit a uh, max of 397,000 passengers last year. Our terminal is 15,000 square feet. It's the smallest commercial service airport terminal in the state of California, and it doesn't meet a lot of the passenger amenity needs, so we've been trying to expand. Uh, we'd like to add on roughly 29,000 square feet, and it's a very expensive proposition.
0: For those people who remember Mayberry RFD, that's been my experience going through security with you guys. <laughs> so Bonnie Fife is there. Yes. Right? And by the way, you don't use TSA officers. You, you're, you're, you're using renter cops.
7: Sort of. We don't use TSA. TSA regulates them. But TSA has contracted our airport out to a contractor. Right. And is that working out OK? It's working out great. Right. We've had it since Horizon came back in 2007. The nice thing is there are no lines. We've changed that myth a little bit here and there. Um, Last summer, we had four departures within a half an hour at 6 a.m. We had 45-minute lines. Really? Yes.
0: I've never Mm -hmm. seen that happen here. Have you you fixed that problem now?
7: The airlines have readjusted their schedule so they're not within a half an hour of each other. Because that meant nobody
0: left on time. Correct. Exactly. This is the one airport, if you don't leave on time, everybody knows it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everybody knows it. Yes. Right? What's, you know, when you think about it, the, we talk about the walk from the parking lot to the terminal. The walk from the terminal to the gate. It's not really a gate. It's you, a tent. a—I love it. I love it. And everything's accessible. Yes. Last but not least, I actually like your restaurant. I mean, f- considering how small the
7: airport is, I,
0: I, there are people who just go to the
7: restaurant just to eat at the restaurant. They're not going anywhere. They have a great patio, so they get to watch the airport all day long. Exa- and they have sushi. Yes. Who knew?
1: If there be a rapid change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will automatically drop from the compartment above your seat, free of charge. And to start the flow of oxygen, pay your flight attendant
2: $75.63.
0: You know, if you just think of the food explosion that's happening everywhere else in the country, And then you apply it to what's happening here in Santa Rosa and Sonoma County, it's almost easy to come up with a a, a sort of like this coexistence relationship between the explosion in the wineries and the explosion in the food scene. And joining me now is somebody who knows all about that. She's the dining editor of Sonoma Magazine. Heather Irwin, how are you?
4: Oh, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me.
0: So which came first, the wine or the food? I would have to say the wine.
4: Um, Yes, I think that's definitely true. I mean, we've always had great families here doing great Italian family foods and things like that, but definitely the wine came first. And then we kind of grew up a little and we figured out wine country cuisine, which is what we've been known for for many, many years. Okay,
0: stupid question. And I'll say it the right way. What is wine country cuisine?
4: I know, isn't it? That's like saying
0: fine dining. Fine dining. I think
4: we're actually moving away from that. That's sort of what we called the whole farm to table movement before there was a farm to table movement. Was really By the a- way, since the
0: caveman, it's been farmed to table. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs>
4: has, and it doesn't mean a whole lot to say farm to table anymore, but you know, here it's really true. We've got our chefs out getting their hands dirty. They know the pigs and the and the meat that they're getting. They know they farmers. I mean, they're really involved in the whole food system. So I think when we say farm to table here, we really mean it, but I'm going to try not to say farm to table. Sorry, you just did. I know. I said it several times, but as far as wine country cuisine has been in the past, it was kind of this faux Tuscan, Cal, Ital, you know, French, <laughs> and it didn't quite know exactly what it You've was. Just given me
0: the- the name of a new restaurant, Faux oh. Tuscan. Fo
4: Tuscan. I love it. Where are you going tonight?
0: Hey, Fo Tuscan. Let's go to Fo Tuscan.
4: But I think it's it's really coming into its own now. We're going beyond the farm-to-table, and we're at this really interesting intersection in Northern California of being right at the border of the most exciting you know, food city in the world, I think, which is San Francisco, and then you've got all of our agricultural people up here, all of our farmers, and so it's this beautiful combination of all of those wonderful things where we have some urban sensibilities to it, but we're also really taking the best of what we have. And somebody said something really interesting. We're not making a carrot a carrot here. We're not taking something beautiful, transforming it a thousand times and making it back into a carrot. You know, we're really just saying, let's let's do as little as possible to this food.
0: Well, if you can't source it well here, you should get out of the business.
4: Absolutely true. That is absolutely true. And that's what's so great is a lot of these chefs here have their own gardens. You know, they have farmers that are working for them specifically to grow specific crops. The
0: chefs are growing for themselves.
4: They really are, yes. I mean, and a great example of that is Single Thread up in Healdsburg. Um, It was named one of the up-and-coming of the top 50 restaurants of the world, and they have a beautiful farm. They're growing all kinds of very beautiful little Japanese produce and things that are very precious, but they're using it right at the peak moment of its ripeness of its perfection
0: although i have to tell you something any restaurant that describes anything on their menu as precious i won't go
4: they won't they would never call it that that's what i call it
0: okay fine I'm just double checking it's very here.
4: precious it's very <laughs> precious but we like precious <laughs> right
0: yeah any I'll, I'll, I'll go you one better any restaurant that has things that are in their precious right they'll have the waiters trained to say baby leaks baby baby exactly. Le-. i say no i want the adult leaks where the hell are the adult leaks i've never seen an adult leak do they kill them off that early i mean
4: I know you feel kind of bad for all those little baby, baby things, but actually they're so delicious because they're young and they're sweet and they're have tender. Have you ever seen
0: an adult leek?
4: I actually, I have some adult onions in my garden that I like go to <laughs> seed. They're very pretty, the flowers. <laughs> I'll say that.
0: You leave them there long enough, they become trees, you know, <laughs> I know. But, but the bottom line is I get rid of the word precious. Just tell right. me it's real. I'll be happy.
4: It is real. And yeah. that's the thing. It is real. And this is really coming from a real place and farmers that are super passionate about what they're doing.
0: Exactly. So when you look at that explosion and you see what, uh, the dedication, what's, what are your top three hits here in, in, Sa- in Santa Rosa?
4: Oh, my gosh, that is such a hard question. Um, I think we have so much that's going on. But, you know, something I really want to talk about a lot is, um, you know, obviously we talked about single thread. But I would say that most of our restaurants in Santa Rosa and Sonoma County are using as much local and seasonal produce that they can. But I mean, you've got a great example like Zazu you know, over in Sebastopol, and they're doing terrific things. You know, they're actually, they've got a truck, and they're literally taking uh, heirloom tomatoes out of the garden right in front of them, slicing them up with their own bacon, and making you a delicious BLT sandwich right in front That's of you.
0: That's a real BLT.
4: That is a serious BLT. Probably the best one you'll ever eat in your entire life. Now,
0: you ready to laugh at me?
4: Um, Sure. I actually like
0: the restaurant at the airport here.
4: Oh, really? See, you know, see, I knew you were going to laugh at well, me. Well, no, I'm not laughing at you. I mean, I think you really can't go wrong here in Sonoma County. But the thing that's great about that restaurant I really love is I love to go up there and get a mimosa. And sit kind outside. Of sit I, and, see, I, I like to sit in the booth. There's some booze yeah, in the yeah, back yeah. where nobody knows your name. Yes. And, but it's fun to watch the airplanes come and go. Absolutely.
0: And you know what? They got great onion rings and they have great sushi. I mean, you never know. That's at all At airport, need. I mean, the restaurant's bigger than the airport and it's at the airport.
4: That we have a very compact airport. It's charming.
0: <laughs> Go for the plane, stay for the food. Exactly. I, it's like, really? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you get both. It's a it's a twofer.
4: Absolutely. Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important
1: safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is
2: the flight attendants. Please look at one now. Ba-da!
0: What do Motley Crue, Kiss, Black Eyed Peas, Katy Perry, Blink-182, Godsmack, Tori Amos, Linkin Park all have in common? My next guess. no, he's not a groupie. <laughs> he was their chef and went on tour with them over 66 countries over 10 years, but then he got smart, opened up his own place about six years ago called Belly right here in Santa Rosa. His name Chef Gary
8: Rollins. How are you? Good. How you doing? That's a lot of work going on the road. It is. Uh, I feel like I'm a gypsy, so uh, I like to travel a lot, and especially on someone else's coin. So it's uh, it's good to be a part. And I am a huge music fan too, which is nice to have get to travel around the world and. Well,
0: you get the access. You get you, you have the ultimate backstage pass. You're cooking and you're rocking.
8: Yeah, exactly.
0: In terms of the cooking for them, mm-hmm. I mean everybody's got their own special dietary requirements, or I should say demands. Yep. Right. It goes back to the old days of you know no red M and M's in the in the in the right. green room. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, the most interesting demand you've had that you had to fulfill?
8: Oh, man, there's so many. Depends. I mean, every band is different. Uh, every band has different diets. Uh, demands. One of the band members of Lincoln Park always has to have kosher hot dogs every single show. And they always have to be the smaller kosher hot dogs. Can't be oh, the bigger Are kosher. we talking
0: about pigs and blankets?
8: Yes. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, just hot dogs, just yeah, in but general.
0: See, you give me pigs and blankets with the honey mustard sauce, I'll, uh, I'll join
8: any band. Right. <laughs>
0: all right, so that's one.
8: Yeah. Um. They're all different. I don't know. Tori was on a, a special diet. Uh, Robbie Miro from uh, Godsmack was on a series, like, just white diet anything white um which is strange to me but it it, it was an easy so what I,
0: were you what were you making for this white diet uh
8: well Tori amos was on it also so uh chicken breast uh sour cream white rice uh, stuff like that it was it was pretty strange really really easy baked potato with sour so, cream okay so let me see if i get this i could have been the chef on that tour yes you could have probably oh my god baked potato sour cream. i can't mess that up yeah but she was probably one of the sweetest people i've ever met so which is very nice and easy it was a very easy so tour. so basically
0: she came up to you said could i have a baked
8: potato with it, sour cream please? pretty much okay fine. It, pretty worry. much exactly what the, you just said <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what lessons did you learn from that that you've applied to your restaurant here
8: uh everything I mean, so my restaurant doesn't have a fryer. I don't fry anything in the restaurant. It was one of my main things when I opened the restaurant. I Do you didn't... fry anything on the road? Uh, no, I don't. I don't travel with a fryer. I have little kitchens. I have I a don't either. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a three different kitchens. Uh, one's an A, a B, and a, and a and a C kitchen. My A kitchen is my Cadillac. It's the one I seriously travel with. If we have like twenty shows, my B kitchen is like for like in just in Germany for like two shows, and then my C kitchen is like when I'm in Russia or Moscow for one show, and if Putin wants it, he can just keep it. It's just it's just a little <laughs> small box. But By the way, Putin wants it, he usually does keep yeah, it. Yeah, he can have it. Yeah, he can have I, it. I leave little notes for him, too, in it. Um, <laughs> I, I really do, actually. But you know, that brings up a question of how you source food on the road. So... Pre-show um, in the morning, around 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you go to the markets? I, I go to the markets. So it's 8 o'clock. Uh, my driver, translator, uh, sometimes security guard. Depends on where we are in the world. Mexico City, Monterey, uh, Kuala Lumpur. I always had a security guard, arm, arm bodyguard with me at all times. Um, Protect I, the baked potato. Exactly, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, and we'd go shop, and we'd go to these amazing markets, and uh, and i get to travel and, and, and go to these awesome places in these small little villages or big towns and i had an unlimited budget so um, just make the band happy no matter where we go
0: anybody just want caviar all the time
8: uh yes <laughs> moscow i remember the night i couldn't find it, it was you couldn't Vot.
0: find caviar in moscow well
8: the price i only had i was like all right well, I, made, need, I need wait, more money unlimited budget you just said it well production i need more money i didn't have enough money for the, the for just one guy uh, yeah, it was like B stroganoff, a bottle of vodka and caviar. It was like 900 bucks. I'm only, only calling, carrying around a thousand for six guys and, and 700 of it was going to go to one guy. So, uh, unlimited budget. So I had to do a little, is the band still together? Uh, yes. Blinka park is, uh, Chester passed away about yeah. a year ago. Uh, one of my good buddies, uh, I miss him every single day and I still have voicemails from him, but, uh, um, Chester was made me believe that this is how a rock star should be like, and he was just a nice guy. And was the first person in in um, the meet and greets. He was the last one to leave, and just like, He spent time. Oh yeah, he was awesome.
0: At your restaurant here, I always ask this to chefs, so you're no exception, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you put on your menu that you thought everybody's gonna love this, and it completely tanked, <laughs> and vice versa, what's the one thing, said, do I really have to put this on the menu, and everybody went nuts for it?
8: Man, good question. Uh, man. I don't know. There's there's so many different things. So the, the concept of the belly is just all the countries I've been to influenced on the menu. So when I come back from c- countries or, uh, or on a tour, you'll see the menu or specials influenced on on where I've been. So
0: basically, I go to your restaurant and order the nine hundred dollar caviar. Uh,
8: give, give me give me give me a week's <laughs> heads up and I'll and I'll make sure I have that for you. Um, but yeah, it, it's always ever changing. I definitely have some staple menus like pork belly uh, to amazing pizzas and stuff like that. So. And the signature item? Pork belly and probably our fish tacos. Amazing. Surf and turf tacos. And the, and the one item that tanked? Ah, oh, jeez. Probably a hundred of them. <laughs> 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 but those are no longer on the menu anymore. Trial so, and error. Trial and error, for sure.
4: You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world.
0: If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. The Hargan women seem to
4: have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom